on the show today to tell us about this process because we must tell these stories. We Good evening, America, and good morning, Australia, and welcome to everyone all over the world. You're back on the Author and Artist Hour. I'm your host, Tony Lontis, and my gorgeous co-host, Kez Wickham St. George, will be joining us with our special guest today. Now, just a reminder, if you're listening on live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, the wonderful Peo is ready and waiting in the Philippines to respond to your comments and questions with links and information all about our guest. If you miss that and if you're driving whilst listening to this, jump on to TonyLontis.com and click on the guest tab and you will find more information about my co-host and our guests each week. Just a reminder that you can watch the replays of the shows on YouTube as well as Binge Networks USA, Hero Go TV USA and the Tony TV channel app available on all Roku, LG and Samsung smart TVs across the planet. Now, as you know, a regular part of our show is a welcome to country, and this is an integral part of an international movement which acknowledges the special and important role Indigenous communities play in the development of a country's cultural identity, and Australia is no different. So I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugamba language region, Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia, the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and broadcast and pay my respect to the elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Islanders, sorry, Torres Strait Islander peoples here listening today and with whom we want to encourage more collaboration. Now, my gorgeous co-host, Kez Wickham St. George, is not only an international best-selling author in her own right, she is an author's mentor, an artist, and provides amazing video book reviews for most of our guests each and every week. She does multiple of these. They're very popular and she does an amazing job. So if you're wanting your book reviewed by an international best-selling author, please reach out to the gorgeous Kez Wickham St. George on all socials and the links will be appearing wherever you see this show. Now, today's guest is a long-standing and personal friend of mine. Thomas Rushell and I started our journeys into live radio at about the same time and we've stayed in contact and I have been trying to get him back on my show for ages and I'm so delighted that he's here today. But before I introduce you to Tom, here's what you need to know. Tom is an Um, author in his own right and he has managed to have an amazing show slash podcast of his own called Life Without Limits and today we want to talk to you about Tom's journey, his journey in writing books and of course his live radio show as well. Life Without Limits has become a brand in its own right and is accompanied by his books 
books and his podcast. And we also want to know what's next for Tom because some things have been happening in the background. Um, I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to welcome Tom to the show and I'm going to hand over to Kez. Tom Russell, welcome to the Author and Artist Hour. Good morning, a good evening rather to you. How are you? Man, it is, it's been taking forever to get on your show, Tony, but uh, I'll, I'll take it any, any time. If I have to be up at 12 o'clock at night, I'll, I'll do it. Oh, you're so good. I won't be awake, but, you know, I, I can do it. <laughs> Those time zones coordination between Australia and the US can be really tricky. And so if we add into the equation Australia, US and different parts of the US and different parts of Australia, it becomes really tricky. So I'm in Queensland. Kez is in Western Australia. So I'm on the east coast of Australia. Kez is on the west coast of Australia. The team in BBS are in Texas in the US. And Tom is on what time zone? Uh, Eastern, Eastern time, yeah, Eastern which is time zone, yeah. Indianapolis time. So right. there you go. <laughs> what a combination. Okay, yeah. I'm going to stop hand- talking and hand over to the gorgeous Kez. Good morning, Kezzy. Good morning. I just took a big break. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, how are you? I am just awesome. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, good. Now. I have some questions for you. I had them all typed up. I'm all ready to ask you. But you, we've already talked, and I've had to take a couple of those questions off. But the, <laughs> but the first one was I had for you was you, you wrote a book um, about a young boy called Finding Your True North. Is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, Finding Your True North, uh, A Bully Teen's Journey of Hope. That's the subtitle there. Okay. So this child was re- relentlessly bullied causing him to have no sense of worth. And as a writer myself, sometimes I find my own life experiences interfere with what I'm writing and I get quite angst about the whole thing. Do you find that in your writing? Uh, no, absolutely not. It, it was more of a cath- catharsis for me. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, this is a fictional book, but it, there's some elements of uh, a nonfiction part of it, a story of my life. Uh, that I went through when I was a kid. Uh, I can't, I don't know if you can see this now, but uh, my nose, what I consider was really big. You know, it stood out. Now, now both of you are now looking at my nose. Now, I bet you are, aren't you? Um, no, we are not. <laughs> well, it, I was very self, self-conscious self of it. And I'd, uh, and then people in middle school would say things like, uh, your nose uh, needs its own zip code. Uh, your nose arrives in the in the room five minutes before you do. All these different things that it just it affected me, and I didn't respond. That was my problem. I didn't respond because I get I get insulated in myself, and I kept uh, and I just kept it in, and I never told anybody about it. So I started talking to kids uh, in in, uh, in an organization called Five Star Life, where I just felt like I needed to tell people how I felt about myself at the time. And with, with the book, I wanted to write about things that the kids are going through because I work with middle school kids with five star and I, I, and the things, the five things, the core values that we talk about with these kids are, are sacrifice, integrity, respect, responsibility, and courage. And we also talk about bullying. I wanted to tie both of those things together where, you know, 
Tony, you, you know this, cause we've talked about this before. You know, I, I focus on the bullying aspect of everything. Not here's, here's tip one. Here's tip, tip two. Here's tip three, how to stop a bully. The biggest thing is how to, how do you uh, work on yourself to get up your self-esteem? And, and you have to do that before you even go up against the bully because, you know, bully uh, preys on weakness. And mm-hmm. that's part of your weakness is because you don't believe in yourself. You don't feel like you're worthy. And mm-hmm. so what I wanted to do, I want to put the character in a position where he learns about these five core values and uh, with uh, different characters in the book where he starts building up his self-esteem and he puts himself the, I put him, the character, the boy, in, in situations where he makes mistakes and he learns from those mistakes um, like, like a middle school, like a young teenager would. And he, he, he gets the idea that, you know, I'm, I'm worthy. And then he gets to the point where he can decide how he's going to deal with, with the bully. And also he, he lives in a dysfunctional family with, a, with an alcoholic father. He has to deal with that. And uh, my father, by the way, was not an alcoholic. It was just, um, you know, as writers, uh, Kaz, you well know, is we we have a license for uh, we do we yes. do we we can <laughs> we can make things up if we need to, but I, it need to be uh, authentic, you know. And, and I'm so proud of that book. Mm. Right. So yeah, I do the same thing, Tom. I I um I get carried away with my characters, and and you know. When it comes to being cathetic, yes, some of my books have proved that way with me uh, because I think the the angst of childhood does remain with us until you can actually write it down. Um, I know Tony's done the same thing with one of her books, and, yeah, I find writing quite a release for me at times, especially, um, and I think, too, as I've gotten older, um, I've realised the value of being able to um, journal and write things down and what's annoyed me for the day and just let me go with it. Don't interrupt me for the next two hours. <laughs> so you've also written another book called The Nowhere Man, and it's about an egotistical domineering insurance executive who treats people poorly. Again, was this in your life? Uh, no, it's really ironic how it worked out because in, in, the, in the first book, Finding True North, one of the main characters was a character named Pops, and he was a homeless person. And uh, I, I, I became enamored with, I shouldn't, enamored is not the really appropriate word. I, I was focusing on, on what it's like for someone to be homeless. And though I was never homeless, I, I didn't have a, a contact as much with a homeless person. Um, I decided to look, look around. And at the time I was a, a uh, I just finished a three year stint uh, being a transport driver across the, across the country. And over the, over my travels, I would meet these homeless people. And for research for my book, I, I would sit down with homeless people. And I want to find out their story, you know, and the reason why they are the way they are, or how they, how they got to be where they are. Um, you know, what, what's like to drink alcohol because I, I, I don't drink alcohol. And the character in the first book, the boy, he, he drank alcohol for the first time. So I wanted to learn more about that. And then after I got this book out and I said, I got to, I got to do another one. I got to do another book. What I'm going to write about. And I came up with this idea about doing homeless, uh, uh, about homelessness. And it's a composite of three different uh, people that I've met in my life. And I weaved their story in, into the book, but at the same time, it's a fiction, it's a fictional book. So you have to have, you know, you have to write something 
that's that's uh, easy to the palate, you know, that uh, you're able to mm-hmm. weave a story that uh, is is tension filled uh, and empathetic towards uh, homeless people. Mm-hmm. And the the idea about the book was putting that one of the characters, one of the composites of, is, was a guy who was really successful and through uh, getting involved with drugs and alcohol, he lost his job and he he became homeless. Mm-hmm. And I was watching how he was he was handling it, but this in this case, the the main character, the guy, he just treated everyone poor, poorly. His family, people at work, people he met, you know, homeless people that he met, mm-hmm. and then he uh, ends up getting amnesia, and then he becomes homeless. And so okay. what I did that what I did was I I put I, I put him in situations as a homeless people, even though he he didn't know the reason why he was there. I wanted to be emblematic of what it's like to live every single day, not knowing when your next meal is or where you're going to mm-hmm. sleep, all these mm-hmm. different things. And in, in the process, I wanted to uh, turn it over to how he was treated by other people. And this mm-hmm. is how almost people are treated uh, a lot, quite a bit. And uh, I, I, I'm empathetic to a fault. And so I tried to weave that story uh, so people can get thrust into his life. And and then um, I won't give away the whole book, but basically he gets in a position where he gets his memory back. I'll just say that. Then, right. he, has to, then he has to make a decision whether he wants to go back to his previous mm-hmm. life or try to um, try to live a life of, of a, a lot more, a lot more peace in his life. Mm-hmm. But it, there's, there's a little backstory and there's some twists in, in the book that uh, I think uh, would Let's put it this way, Tony and 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 Kaz. You know, when you write a book, it's like you're writing a play, right? Because that's right. That's right. Yes. So I wrote it in the in the vein of of, of a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And, and when you get caught up in that, it took me four and a half months to, or excuse me, two and a half months to write the second book. And uh, I was laid up. That was uh, quick. Well, I, I was. There's a reason why because I was laid up with a herniated disc. <laughs> for for five months and i laid on the couch for 24 7 and i said you know i got to do some something to be constructive so i sat down i wrote for like forty thousand words in, in a month oh, that's, that's a I lot did. of words <laughs> that, that's all i did you know i just that's, yeah. that's how i got through it that's how i focused and so i got it done and uh and i'm really happy with this and in fact i gave this i did an interview interview with an actor uh, about two months ago, and uh, he he gave my book to a, a, a director, and uh, and I talked to the director, and uh, we're hoping to see that second book into a movie or, or it's a short, amazing short film. Well done. And and what's what the beauty of this whole is is you know, this goes back. You you asked that question why I got started when I did. I'm 60 years old now, and a lot of people are 60 years old are trying to wind down. Thinking about retirement, that's mm. a, that's the farthest thing from my mind because, mm. but because I have so much I want to do with my life, and I said if I don't try to look at other things, then mm. then I'm not really moving in in my life, and I, that's where my enthusiasm comes. I think you can tell with my voice. I, I'm really excited about it. Mm. You are excited about it, and yeah, I'd love to to read your books. I found the I found when I wrote my books that. I'd already un- unknowingly had done the research. Um, I had been involved in, I wasn't homeless, but outside where I worked. 
there were a lot of homeless people. What I found amazing was they actually were a village. They weren't just homeless. They had become um, a family, even though they there was children roaming around the tents and, and there were just little pup tents. And actually where I live in, in WA in Rockingham, I don't know if it's still there, but there was an old picture theatre parking ground and they found the homeless had congregated there as well. So they were just outside McDonald's where they had free showers and toilets. But on the other side was the most beautiful beach in the world. And they had a they had a 24-7 holiday. It was just sometimes you look at it and you think, wow, what a lifestyle. So yeah, there was yeah. a little bit of um not so much research, but I was involved. Yeah. Yeah, I I you kind of have to do that. You can't put yourself, you can't write about it if you don't have any kind of experience with it, not necessarily That's being right. homeless. But uh, you have to put yourself in that that person's position, and and whenever I do anything, you know, with my radio show, I I get immersed in researching my guest as best as I can. So when I do do those the show uh, live, then we're all ready to go because I know more of their backstory, and and it makes for a richer conversation, and uh, that's why I really enjoy about doing the show. Mm. Tony, Tom. Um, first and foremost, I, I, again, I'm just so grateful. Number one for our friendship. Number two, I've read both both of your books and they're they're cracking stories. And number three, I think that one of the things that bonded us in the, the first instance was that story around childhood bullying mm-hmm. and how it impacts on your life. And I remember talking to you about the impacts of, uh, you know, having not being able to smile like other people and that interaction that it involves. And then yeah. the longer self-worth, self-esteem, self-worthy conversation that sometimes takes us in decades down the track before we feel remotely worthy and so for you and I that was in our our 40s and 50s and and now into your 60s before you go actually I'm a unique and worthy human being and every single child on the planet needs to have that embedded in their life that it doesn't matter what you look like where you come from You've been gifted a uniqueness that is not replicable across the planet. So don't let anyone take that away from you. And in talking about that, um, what happens as we age, I think, and Kez can agree, can speak to this as well. I love aging. I love Mm. the wisdom that comes with age. I haven't always liked the lessons that have come with age. Some of them (laughs) are and still are incredibly challenging and Mm. difficult. But you get into your 50s and 60s and I just, there's a, comfortable confidence that comes with the age you are and the wisdom that you've gained along the way. And I think that that's a precious gift as we age. Mm. And I know, Tom, that you didn't start even writing until you were 52 and you've accomplished amazing things in the short time that we've known each other. Um, And one of the things we've always talked about is that about our dreams. And I know from our early conversations that that you'd almost given up on your dreams. Mm. And our conversations were often around me saying, don't give up on, don't give up, Tom. Please don't give up, Tom. Please don't give up, Tom. Please don't give up, Tom, until you started to get it and started to, like, there was a change I saw as our friendship progressed. I could see the changes that Tom was making. So, um, Tom, I wanted to talk to that about 
what had caused you to sort of doubt yourself and give up on your dreams and the amazing things that are happening for you now are actually testament to what happens when you reignite those dreams. So tell me about reigniting those dreams. Well, I, I always want to be a writer. I, I do that mm-hmm. uh, back in fourth grade. You know, the teacher, my teacher, Mrs. Evans, she she encouraged me. And so I was writing, you know, you know, the newspaper in high school, and I wanted to be a sports writer for Sports Illustrated uh, when I uh, got out of college. I had all these aspirations, but uh, I would tell people this. And here's the thing, you know, you tell people that you want, you're going to do something, but in the back of your mind, I'm thinking to myself, ain't no way, ch- chunky butt, you're not going to do this. You're just not <laughs> going to do it. I, t- I talk myself into it all the time, that self-doubt. And it just, it just burned me and I would give up and I, I didn't finish college. I got, I got a year in and I told people I couldn't afford to go college, but the truth was I didn't think I, I, I could, I had to quit because I didn't think, I think the biggest thing is a lot of people fear failure, but I've also all, mm-hmm. told people all this time, I fear success. I always yeah. wondered what would actually happen if, if something good happened with me and, and yeah. I followed through with it. Because if it didn't follow through with something, you know, that was my problem. I get to the precipice of getting to a point where I, I achieve something and then I would give up. And when I turned 23, I found a job through a friend of mine. I became a managing editor for a national magazine. And uh, at age 23, that's that's not possible. But I walked into that thing not knowing enough about it's called in the RV industry. It's called RV Trade Digest. And I never walked into this this job thinking I earned it because I didn't feel it. I earned it. But uh, I don't know what it was. But I worked there for six years and it was the best job I ever had. Uh, but over the course of the six years, I felt like I was living, I was, I was living a fraud life, um, not because of what I was doing or that I didn't belong. I just felt like this isn't the path I wanted to go. And unfortunately, the, the industry went into a recession in 1991. That goes way back. <laughs> and so the so the magazine uh, I was struggling and I was working three days a week and I couldn't do any more. I had to move on. Mm-hmm. That was the moment I gave up my dream. Mm-hmm. So I gave my I gave my dream at age 30 and I didn't feel that I had had anything out there that I wanted to do a full time in a writing career. And, I, and again, I just gave up. I get to that point. And then and then uh, when I started working with five star back in 2006 start working with these kids and you tell these kids you know you know joe you can do anything you want to do with your life Let, let's see what you want to do with your life and and let's work towards this and everything and and i did this for i don't know for four or five years telling these kids this and i finally got to the point when i was 50 late 50s or 51 and I said, what in the heck are you doing, Tom? He said, like, why are you, why are you telling these kids you can do this and you're not doing it yourself? And so in my mind, I don't know. It's like an epiphany, uh, Tony and Kez. I don't know what it was. It was like, you're going to start something and you're going to finish it this time. And it, it, it the, the best feeling that you ever have when you have these dreams <coughs> is you have a goal, you have a path, you have a pathway you want to do it. And when I talk about finding true north, that's how it came with the, the, the title of the book was, you know, when when you have these dreams way up there uh, in the rafters and you're trying to reach for it. And then uh, over the course of time, as soon as you make that decision, 
boom, you have all these obstacles that come your way. You have these branches in this tree that you're going and you follow that branch and then you realize, well, let's back up here, folks. You know, I got to come back and I got I got to come back and go towards my dream rather than saying that going to that obstacle and saying something's happening there. That's going to stop me from doing what I want to do, accomplish my dream. And that's what I didn't want to do. And I said, I focus on this. So I, I finished the book in four months. Not knowing how to, I don't know about you, Tony and Kez, we're trying to find a publisher, you know, <laughs> that's what Google's yeah. for. But I mean, trying to find a publisher for a book is, is you know, I didn't want to go the traditional way because it would take forever to get that done. Yeah. And I wasn't going to, I didn't want to pay thousands of dollars to a, a vanity publisher. And, and, you know, and, and all they do is they publish the book. Mm. And I didn't want to do that. Uh, but I was able to find somebody who was uh, reasonably priced and I did it. And, and throughout this process, I kept thinking, and I, you may come to this question later on is everyone has to know <clears throat> when you follow your dream, that's not the end of your dream. Your dream is your what's next, mm-hmm. because if you don't have that, what's next, you're not going to have uh, something that you want to go for, whether it's the book you're writing or, or it's a job that you're working. Exactly. You have to, you have to, you have to fight yourself all the time and saying you can't rest in your laurels. <laughs> you just can't uh, because it just kills you. It's a killer because, you know, if you, if you start doing that, and this is what I did was once I got to decide, made that decision, I, I knew that I was giving up and I, and I kept thinking, how am I going to get this book out? You know, how am I going to promote it? And you two know the, the worst thing, not the worst thing, but the most uncomfortable thing, awkward thing to do is self-promote yourself. Oh, and yes. I hate it. I, I hate it to the day I've done it's eight years. I've been doing this and this is what yeah. we're doing. We're doing a, uh, we're doing a show and I'm promoting myself <laughs> and, and, but it's, it's, it's necessary. It's just like one of my family members said, uh, you know, uh, like you know, three or four years in, he said, uh, you know what? God is telling you that you're only doing this for the fame. And, and I came back. I'm not sure if I told you this. I'm not sure if I told this. Yeah, I see you shaking your head. Um, and I came back and said, what do you do for a living? And he, he told me. And he said, now, uh, your your employer requires you to do certain things in your job. Then you do it, right? And, of course, he said, yes. And and I said, well, this is the same thing when you're when you're an author. You're self-employed with as an author, although I had another job. But you have to treat this as you're, you're taking ownership of this book and you have to do whatever it takes to get yourself out there. And, and it's the most uncomfortable thing to do because people think that I, I feel, I don't know how other people think, but like you're vain and, and uh, all you're doing is and for the glory. it's not about that. It's, it's not, not even about close. That. Not no. even close because uh, it's a craft. I and mean, this craft of writing a book, there's only about 1% of people who actually write a book anyway, although the it's probably going up right now but but <laughs> yeah. when you when you when you write a book you just you know if you just let it sit there and do nothing and collect dust why did you write the book in the first place you want to write right. you write the book because you want people to read it because you're proud of it and you want to you want to your message in the book and these two books are powerful mm-hmm. um i can't tell this is this is nowhere man it whistles backwards yeah. And this is finding true, true north of Bully Teens Journey. Yeah, okay. well, well, anyway, we'll get that later. But uh, the the <laughs> thing the thing is, what's what beauty about this thing is is, is you just keep pushing along. And yes. so my so my what's next was you know I I did book signs. I walked into Barnes and Noble, 
and uh, asked if they would uh, be interested in carrying my book. And then I said, oh, by the way, the uh, local newspaper is doing a story on me. <coughs> so, so he goes, well, wait a minute, let's, uh, let's put 20 books in here. And by, uh, by the way, can you uh, come in for do a book signing? And this is, this is Barnes and Noble. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, never, I didn't have a clue. And the thing is, is I yeah. just went in there. I wasn't worried about a no. Yeah. And the worst no you're ever going to get is the one you never ask. Yeah. And, and I was never worried about rejection ever. Uh, that's not, it's not, I don't care. I really don't care. Even if I did get rejected, I'd just move on. And, mm-hmm. and then I do, do other book signings. I've done uh, TV shows. I've been in newspapers and I've done a lot, a lot of different things. Um, but it was always, it's always the fact that, okay, I've done this. Where am I going to go from here? Mm-hmm. And this book has been out for eight years now. And I'm still I'm still promoting the book because it and is you a should book. yes and you should, talk, you should and and that's the other thing um if you've been given a message and a story and you take that to the next step and make it into a book um and I, this is really personal for me too Tom because there's there's similarities around that whole idea that that people will come back at you and say oh but you're promoting yourself. I actually now say, and what is wrong with that? I've been mm-hmm. given a message. I've been given a vision and a mission. If I don't follow through on that vision and mission, someone out there suffers. And when I put it back like that, that's helped me a lot because I, like you, Tom, struggle with that whole self-promotion. I still struggle with that self-promotion. The only way I can rationalize it in my um, unworthy brain is to go, if I deprive the world of the message that's been given to me, someone out there suffers. Another Mm -hmm. human being is not helped because I can't get out in front of people and talk about my book, yeah. my program, whatever it is, because it, it's not about you. And you know that, Tom, it, it's mm. not about you. It's about mm. the messages in the book and their powerful messages that you've written. And I'm so glad you haven't given up on your dreams, Tom. Mm. Kezi? Well, I agree with Tom. I think um, to promote yourself is is um, hard. It is hard. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Uh, how do I promote myself? Um, as often as possible, I had to swallow the, the pride bubble and think nobody's going to pay attention to me. Who am I? And then realise that I had a message uh, and my, my message was about domestic violence and bullying. And, you know, just, just that feeling, if I've helped one person in my whole lifetime, if I've helped just one person, I've done my job. That's how I see it. Um, I don't care um, if I really don't care. I've I've done my job. I want people to read the book. Um, if they realise that there are steps you have to take to remove yourself from different situations in your life, and yes, we all go down different pathways. And the tree you just mentioned, uh, we all have that tree. We've all got to come back to the main trunk um, and think, what was my purpose? Listen to your message. It's there. It's just there. We all have it. But if we if we allow ourselves to wander, the message gets confused. Yeah. So my question to you, Tom, is the message, what is your actual message? Uh, my message is, is empathy uh, because I, I, and I want people to know that there are people out there who are struggling and 
with the beauty of of being empathetic is you don't worry about what other people think what what you say you know because mm. i i've, I've sent, sent messages to tony before uh every lent uh, i tell a story all the time but i think it, it bears repeating every lent for 40 days i i will send a message to us a family or friend of mine uh, an encouraging message of hope and uh and just encouraging <clears throat> and quite frequently what happens is i get people answer back i said you know thank you for sending this i needed to hear that today mm-hmm. i'm going through all this junk in my life and it's it's comforting to know that there's someone else out there who who uh mm-hmm. cares about what's going on in my life i don't have a clue what they're going through mm-hmm. i don't but but there i one the one the person i sent a few years ago because <clears throat> this is my 10th year doing it uh is uh I'd sent the message and she said, uh, I don't know why you sent this, but I need to hear that today because I don't think you know this. I, I was going to commit suicide. Oh, dear. And, That's terrible. and that took me back because, you know, Tom, this is the reason why you're doing this. You don't want to do it for a pat in the back. You don't want a good acclamation or affirmation or whatever adjective mm-hmm. you want to use. For it. You do it because you, you want to let other people know that you care. And I think it's important, particularly in, in today's de- divisiveness in the entire world, not just mm-hmm. not in Australia or, or United States or wherever, is it's because we need to let other people know that that we genuinely care. And uh, I, I go I go to uh, restaurants and uh, and I can see that there's a a. a person who's struggling as a server and I'll just get a piece of paper and I'll, I'll write an encouraging note to him. And it, it takes five minutes, guys. That's it. And I you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and they um, generally what happens is they start crying Aww. because they don't, they don't know that we actually, someone's actually noticing what's going on. And I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. good. I'm really good at watching people. All writers are all good writers are anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, watching people listening. And listen to uh, their story, not what they're telling me on the surface, but what's what's going on inside. Because I ask I ask very leading questions about what's going on in their life, and, until I get to the point where I can see that what they what they're really struggling with. And I did I, working with five star. You have to do that because with with middle school kids, man, particularly boys. I don't know what boys. Uh, it takes mm. you it takes you a long time to gain their trust to, to actually That's, open up to you, mm. and so I, I I learned that trait with 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 five star by being able to do that in my in, entire life, and uh, man, we went off track with this thing, didn't we? Now I just wanted to ask you a quick a motivational question here. You say that um, you have an inspiring quote, and I'd like to, to read it. You choose your life rather than settle for mediocrity is the enemy of excellence. Can you explain? That fascinated me. Can you explain that to the audience? Right. I mean, if you think about it, mediocrity, uh, 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 if you settle for mediocrity as opposed to uh, seeking excellence, not perfection. I'm talking about excellence. Because if yeah. you put if you if you put forth the effort, whatever it is you're doing, whether writing a book or working or, or family or life, whatever, you put 100 percent of your effort on that yes. particular time yeah. that you do. And uh, and so if you choose to lo- uh, live a mediocre life, you're going to get mediocre results. It's as simple as that. 
Um, and then you get that status quo type thing. You just you stay where you are because that's where you choose to be. Wherever you are right now in your life is that's where you've chosen to be. Um, and I don't want to be that kind of person where uh, I accept what's going on in my life. And I guess the, the biggest thing is with that, with that quote is I chose at age 52 not to lead, lead, lead that mediocre life. Um, and in the process, I learned so much about myself. I can open my heart up that much more. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's never about writing a book, promoting a book, all that sort of uh, junk that is required to be uh, uh, what we do is you have to be a human being first before you want to be someone with a, 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 a successful career mm-hmm. uh, because people are going to ferret that out immediately. They can, they can, they can read you like a book. If you want to call it that. Yeah. They can read you like a book. Yeah. And I, I have my heart, heart on my sleeve because people know that I care. And I, and I, and I've learned this these past eight years that it's, it's almost like a rebirth of guys. I mean, I don't listen. I'm sorry. I don't mean you guys. I shouldn't say that. Um, it's just a rebirth. <laughs> it's just, it's just a rebirth at age 52 that though I haven't forgotten what I've done previous to that. It's just at age 52, my entire life pivoted towards mm-hmm. something bigger than, than myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's powerful. It is very powerful. Yes. Yeah. Tony. Um, Tom, one of the other quotes that um, you like is one that says, if your dreams don't scare you, they're too small. Now, I love this because I have massive, big, scary dreams all the time. But what does it mean for you, Tom? What does it mean for you? Yeah, Kez knows about my big, scary dreams. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well let's 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 make it uh that others can understand that if, if your dream is to wake up and crawl out of bed and and you get out of bed and that's your that's your success those are those are those dreams are way way small um mm-hmm. it's just that the analogy is is if you don't have something that you wake up in the morning that drives you and say guess what i get to do today not what i have to do today guess what i get to do today and if that is part of your dream, um, you you can have a pep in your step. You, even though at age sixty years old, and I I I don't I don't get out of bed. I crawl out of bed. I roll out of bed. Um, I've got I've got back issues. I got all these issues, you know. Um, but once I get moving, um, I, I start to feel a little bit better. But the, the idea here is is you you got to get out of bed first. But you have to you have to go with the with the feeling that uh, man you are so blessed every single day you're so blessed yes. to be able to do yeah. do things in your life that uh, you didn't have the opportunity to do the, the day before, and it's a choice you know because I think of what happens you know pertaining to that quote is yeah. people make deci- they well they make decisions every single day. But the the thing is, is you have to you have to decide. I think the word decision out there. You have to go to the next level. You have to actually do it. People decide everything. I'm going to I'm I'm going to decide to go work out. I'm going to go to I'm going to decide to lose weight. I'm going to decide this. But until you put the, those words into action, it's it's never going to work for you. And mm-hmm. so take take decision out of the equation and you just do it. Because I always tell people tell me that I'm wrong in this thing thing is. When you say you're going to try something, 
in your mind for most people, if you, I'm sure you can relate, I'm going to try it, but if it doesn't work out, at least I tried. Well, mm-hmm. you've already got your, you got already one foot out the door saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and so my thing is you don't try, you just do. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether it works out or not, it doesn't really matter. You just do. You try. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that, that's, that's a big difference in how I've, uh, how I've lived my life. So you don't believe in doing just 50%, you do 100%. It, it depends on the, the time of day, you know. But, you know, I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm a former athlete. And uh, I do things that I'm not supposed to be doing. But in my mind, man, I am just, I am crisp. I'm up here in my mind. But but physically, I'm not able to do these things. But if I did not have that in my mind, I would be complaining every single step that I take. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can't live like that. And uh, that, that's why it's uh, that's why it's so important to have that dream that is not too small, uh, where there's there's no substance to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't get the dream that you want, um, it doesn't really matter. You know, uh, a, a dream, per, per, a dream not pursued is a dream uh, failed. You know, that's um, right. Because you just you just haven't you haven't mm. given yourself the chance to do this, and it goes back to the self worth we all talk about. You know, when you, mm. when you think you don't have that self worth, you're you you're just going to be struggling constantly with with the mm. feeling that you you know when I wrote for the magazine, I didn't feel like I was worthy for that job, and that's a terrible place to be. But the thing is, I I wore that mask. I wore that mm. mask of, of just like. Look where I am, guys. I'm an editor for National Magazine. Look where I am. I don't think I really phrase it that way, but I mean, I just kind of, yeah, yeah. when someone asked me what um, I did, I said, I'm an editor for National Magazine. I felt good that I could say this, but in my back of my mind, nope, Tom, um, you know. Exactly. And mm-hmm. and it's just, it just you know, I don't want to demean that magazine or the owner or the people I work with. It was just me. It wasn't them. Yeah. It was just me. Uh-huh. I think that goes for every single human being, and yeah. even Oprah. Has, has had those feelings in the back of her mind and it's something we have to conquer because I'm a firm believer we are all sent here to do something, no matter what it is. And if we don't find, and it's our job to find that something. You know, I, I'm an author, I'm an artist. Recently I became a poet and it's the unexpected, but when I was challenged with, would you write some poetry? I said yes because I knew mm-hmm. that it was in me to do so. And I think we have to face our challenges. We have to say yes. And you're very correct, Tom. We have to face them. I totally agree. Mm, Tony. Um, Tom, you've got the two books. Is there another one coming? Uh, there's actually three. Yay! No, is it three or two? I Well, I... Uh, well, there's one that's uh, it's on the back burner, but the yes. uh, I've enjoyed uh, my three-year stint with the, the radio station. I was not thinking, you know, if you if I was able to let other people know what these stories were about, so what, I wanted to uh, have a collection of stories mm. individually from all these different guests that I had, had and almost like a chicken chicken soup for the soul, mm. and, and and put their story on there in in written form. Yeah, and I have different categories. You know, I I talk about life without limits was yes, it's mm. 
I mean, the people I've met, uh, they've become best friends with me mm-hmm. and, and, and life without limits basically is we hadn't really delved into this, but mm. it's, it's about people who've overcome uh, challenging circumstances in their life and they've overcome them. And then in the process, they inspire people. Mm. Uh, and <clears throat> I'm always about solutions. I mean, we only, we talk about the problems that they had, but we find out how they got over it and find the mm. solutions to life. Mm-hmm. And and I I I felt like you know I didn't want it to be a one-off with these people. I wanted to put them in a position where their story can last forever. And yes. I think a book would do this. Yes. And uh, and so that it's almost like like a chicken soup for the soul. Yeah. And I think that would be that would be it would be something incredible. So there's not- definitely another book coming, and there's a movie in the background. Um, I see an anthology, actually, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say an anthology. Um, Kez is great with with that stuff. Kez also is delving into the the movie realm as well. She her um, uh, prologue of um, has been made into a short movie, and um, I can't wait to see it. Actually, I have to say that it's one of the highlights of my years. Hoping to get to see this little um, movie. Um, Kez and I are actually. Uh, you might know. Tom, Australia's been pretty much locked down and Mm. Kez and I have never actually met in person yet just because of what's been going on Mm. with um, COVID. But I'm going to Perth on the other side of Australia to meet with Kez and do um, a retreat um, coming up in May, which I'm incredibly um, excited about and which we get to meet lots of authors and artists. But there's there's something about what happens when you... Uh, commit to writing a book and you actually write it and as we've talked about before it's not actually about you it's definitely about your message and Tom I want to just let the audience know that not only did you run your own show Life Without Limits for three years you've got the books but in the background of all that the lovely things that you do for the people in and around your life and I know Mm -hmm. I've been a recipient reciprocant of those beautiful messages myself which have always come at times when I've needed to hear it but there's your work with young people as well which we have only just touched on Mm. and the way that you engage with them the way that you support them the way that you encourage them and the way that you get them to uh, focus on some of their dreams that's powerful work in its own right so now that the radio show has finished in the immediate future what's next uh well you know <coughs> i don't want to go into particulars you know, why i'm not doing the, the show but yeah um I, I, I there's valid to... reason. There's yeah. valid re- just for, just for the audience to know. This is actually not about uh, not following dreams. This is just about a circumstances, a- and I want to just say that as you grow and change over the course of your life, and if you're committing to personal growth, you will get to circumstances and situations where the people that you're working with or aligned with are no mm. longer aligned to your life. And I guess that's a that's a little way just 
description of what's happening mm. with Tom around the show. You get to a point of where you're just no longer aligned with that person and you need to move on, which is incredibly trying, difficult and hard. But I know from Tom's perspective that that had to happen because there's some big things that are going to open up because of that step that you've mm. taken, Tom. So, Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I wanted to, uh, you know, I, after three years, I was thinking, you know, because it's really challenging because each week yes. I have a guest yes. and trying to find a guest uh, for uh, for all those three years. Yes. Uh, I, I peruse everything. I watch TV and uh, I read. And uh, if I see something that I, I find a way to contact them, and so that mm-hmm. takes a little bit of work, which was OK. It does. But I was getting burned out. You know, yes. it's like, where am I going to go next? I, I, what Am I going to retell the same subject matter over and over again? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just me. It was, I mean, the, the guests I was having, <clears throat> they seemed to come together. And although when I had them on the show, that was the best show I've ever done in my life mm-hmm. uh, because it was a guest. And I had to focus on that because I had to be professional about it. But then, but I was just feeling kind of drained. Yes. And so I, I needed to take a break. But, you know, the old me would have said, all right, I did it. I'm done. I'm not going to do anything else. But the new me mm-hmm. from the past eight years is, you know, yeah. it's, it's the what's next. Do I want to continue mm-hmm. with what I'm doing? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. And I've been looking at different other options. I got three mm-hmm. other options that I could do to mm-hmm. continue what I'm doing. Um, but uh, it's we're, we're I've been tra- talking to different people about doing this, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's just going to it's going to take time. I still need to take a break, but, yes. uh, but I, 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 I'm not going to push it back so far that uh, I'm going to get complacent because it, that's mm. just not me anymore. It's not going to happen. Not in my watch. And it's Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, but yeah. it just has to be my own time and I'm going to do it right. Yeah. I don't want to just yeah. rush in to get something that uh, I just throw together and yeah. uh, thinking, well, I, people are going to forget me. I can't worry about that. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's going to can you continue in the same vein that the, what mm. I'm doing now? In fact, Tony, you know, guess what? If I'm starting something new, that means you got to come back on my show. So, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, so, yeah. I- that's the other thing, Tom, is it that, that when you make a decision to be a better person and to change the trajectory mm. of your life, the exciting part <clears throat> is, and, and you have to acknowledge that that's a very scary place to be in, but the exciting part is the people that you get to meet, the people that you get to collaborate with, and the different things that you can achieve and do just simply by saying, okay, I'm going to keep striving for best and better, and let's see where that takes me. And often it takes you on an amazing journey, even just thinking about Kez. And um, Kez, this, you're on your ninth book, yeah? Yeah. Tenth. There you go. See? Hmm. Ten books. Now, Kez, Kez is older than both of us. And I she am. has. Old, old, old. She's oh, not 61, old, right? Old. <laughs> she, she's 50, actually. <laughs> but she is creating something amazing in the later years of her life. And that's the thing. I, I don't want people to wait until they're our ages to start making changes in their life. If anyone can look and go, wow, Tom did it. Wow, Kez did it. Wow, Tom did it. Start now. If you've got the, mm. the idea of a book, start writing. You don't have to know 
how it's going to end up. You don't have to know whether it's going to get – just start. Hey, Tom, you just – just start. Just take a step towards that dream. That's all you got to do. You don't have to worry about the outcome. You don't have to worry about anything else but start. Mm. Don't keep it in the back of your head <clears> just <throat> mulling away and, and mm. think, oh, I'd like to start. Start That's today. Right. Mm. Hey, Tom. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, so the thing is, is, like I said before, you got to find out your why. If you don't know your why, you're never going to write that book. Or if you don't That's find true. your why on anything in your life, um, is you fall back and that the life of mediocrity again because you choose the path of mediocrity yeah. um and uh when when you find out that why uh, and make a goal say ending destination for the thing because i've talked to so many different writers and uh, or wannabe writers and i'm sure you both of you mm-hmm. too as well because people ask i want to write a book but i don't know how to do it or whatever whatever mm-hmm. it is and uh, you just do it and you say, I'm going to get, I'm going to get it done in X amount of months or whatever it is. And you yeah. find a way because, you know, right. when, when I, 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 I finished my memoir that uh, I'm, I'm finished up the last chapter, I, I finished it in 17 days, 60,000 words in 17 days. Wow. That's some writing. Because I wrote yes. it, I wrote it uh, in uh, five hours a day, three, uh, uh, two hours in the morning and three hours in the night. After, and after you set my... yourself that that timetable too, Tom. If I remember correctly, yeah. you you went. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write for these two hours. I'm going to write for these three hours, and you did it each and every day. That's action towards a dream, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you don't have to do it as fast as I did. Yes, um, but but it's like even if you write uh, 15 minutes or you write a thousand words or two thousand mm-hmm. words and set that limit, I can never do that. I, I was just. I get on the computer and I'm gone. You know, I just, I just go. Um, I think Kez is the same. She starts writing and it's just, just keeps going. Now I do, I do an hour in the morning, two hours at night time. But I also have um, a husband to look after. Well, yes. He's definitely looking after, but you know, I like to keep him company. Careful words. But I will say one thing to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing. Hello. How are you? Um. I will say one thing to you is, is working with children. I actually worked with children as a teacher uh, in my early life, and I found the only way that we can find our why is to teach the young ones their why. Mm-hmm. Show them how to find their why. Later on in life, when I became a writer, and then I realized I had to mentor people, and I have a young she was 12 when she came to me, and she's now 16. She's written two books. She's still, uh, she found her why. And she said to me, without you, just being there and listening to her story. And that's why I see you, Tom, is helping the young ones find their why and listening to their story and helping them correct it because that's the biggie, helping them see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is a correct way of thinking. There is so much negativity around us, yeah. even in today's news. I mean, I don't even watch the news anymore. I can't be bothered. Uh, there's just so much negativity that says um, violence, brutality, rah, 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 it just goes on. So when you get a child and you can guide them, not mould them, to me that's religion, but mm. to guide them into finding their why, that's enormous. You, I don't think anyone realises the enormity of what you can do. 
I think uh, with with five star, you 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 kind of hit it on the head, because is, you know, we deal with uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, and mm-hmm. they don't know where they're going. They they don't know what their potential is. But uh, you have these group of six to eight eight boys. In my case, six to eight boys, and you go around the table and and you find out what their story is, and you find out what they want to do, and what's you know, good or bad, yeah. what they want to do doesn't really align with where they should go to, you know, sure. where they want to go. Yeah. They want to play video games. They want to do this. They want to do this. And, and there's no really path of where they want to go. But the thing is, is you want to show these kids that you believe in them every single day. You watch them, you, you talk to them saying they got so much potential. They got so much inside them. They don't even realize it. Yeah. Um, but you, you keep on them every week uh, sure. for the whole school year. And it's amazing the transformation that I see in these kids because they, mm-hmm. they, they turn around, not all of them, uh, because there's things going on in their life and uh, their home life is not the best sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But they, they're, they're able to find something that find a path that, uh, you know, they, they can actually try to go towards yeah. and uh, that this, uh, this path they didn't it's have. Powerful but, stuff. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. And, and what's really cool is I've done this for, this will be my 16th year doing five star. And and I've, I've I've stayed in contact with quite a few of these kids and the things that they've accomplished in their life. And they come back to me Amazing. and says, you know, I would, would have never gotten where I wanted, wanted to go if I didn't um, get involved with with five star. And the, you know, you don't know that. I mean, because you have the kids maybe two years at the, at the most. And um, after the two years, they go to high school. And so you don't see their development. But you have to have trust in the process that that what you're doing now is is. It's propelling mm. them to where they want to go later in life. The yeah. principles and the, and hey the core values that we talk about. Mm. I'm sorry, my internet dropped out, and I'm just about to interrupt and say, guys, we are time up, and I'm <sighs> hating to answer the end yeah. the show. Um, Tom, thank you so much. Don't give up on those dreams. I'm so excited happen. to have you back on the show, Kez. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. I can't wait to see what life without limits evolves to next i'm excited about the prospect of a movie and thank you once again from kez and i for coming on the author and artist hour and that my audience is your lot for this week we will be back next week with another amazing guest please thank my guest tom russell my co-host kez wickham St. george that's your lot for this week bye for now bye-bye today to tell us about this process because we must tell these stories. We must